0: back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast this week. I'm joined by Bernie.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: And Forty. I'm
2: back,
1: baby.
0: And your host, Hamish, here to wrap up last weekend's of action and get to the preview of this upcoming week of action, given that it's a half-buy round, isn't
2: it? Yes, it is the split round.
0: All right, well, let's start off with the women's, unfortunately, Wenty going down 32 to the Bears, and that will end their season uh, not picking up a win, unfortunately. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, just uh, it's one of those cases. The Harvey Normans Women's Premiership is still very much in its formative years, and there are very much a case of the haves and have-nots when it comes to some roster construction uh, in in regards to NRLW talent being spread around.
0: Yeah, and I think when we went through the team list most of those weeks, it was you know there was a there was a lot of talent from the um, from the the Women's NRL WNRL. Uh, that was flowing around a lot of other teams, so right. there wasn't so much in Winty. Exactly,
2: they were playing for Cronulla and the like. The big, I suppose, the big bright point was I think there were six Tasha Gale debutants across the uh, season for Wentworthville. So the Eels obviously building towards the 2022 and beyond seasons for that competition uh, in the NRLW, which is good to see. And uh, one of those players, Ruby Jean Kennard, was an actual going to be you know, Gale to NRLW this year. So it's going to be very good to see.
0: And with those Tasha Gales girls coming up, um, or young women rather, um, we we touched on earlier in the season how well they went in that competition this season.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much a a sort of groundbreaking year for the Tasha Gale and something that they can build on given that I think over half the squad is returning for next year's uh, competition.
0: All right. Now, it seems to be that when Fleg and or Reserve (laughs) grades were well. As soon as
2: I saw those results, there was just a sense of dread in my stomach, man. You know, two good, tough wins for those grades means you know what it meant. <laughs> so
0: early on out at um, Kellyville Park, Eels prevailing 16-6 over the Ravenos in the Jersey flag competition. Tri-scorers, Cruz, Natalie Schmidt and Mataeli and Sam Loizu or Loizu um, Corey Fenning won from three off the boot plus a penalty goal and there was a sin bin to the Rabbitohs but that was in the 63rd minute so seems like the game was pretty much in hand at
2: that point Yeah, uh, just a sort of game this team needed they've bounced uh, we talk about inconsistency with the NRL team it's as much a problem for this team where they sort of bounce around but uh, South Sydney were coming last in this grade I believe, entering into the week and the they Eels, were. Eels were running third last so it was sort of thing they needed to win but um, to you know, just make sure they stay ahead and, and get back into the hunt for the top eight. And that victory does keep them very much, as crazy as it seems, it keeps them back in the hunt for the top eight. So uh, good to see Corey Fenning back. He's been out for about a month. I think both he and Tony Mattielli returned this week, or that week, sorry, for the Eels after both getting injured against Manly and missing a whole stack of football and obviously made a big difference. Uh, you know, Corey Fenning obviously has been the captain for most of the year when he's been healthy and fullback. So that's one big core player, and, and Tony Mattielli is a player that was expected to play New South Wales Cup this year uh, until injuries really derailed his campaign late in the preseason. Had a bad injury, and then obviously that one I just mentioned against Manly have sort of kept him in flag uh, up until this week. So we got some good news there. But yeah, so obviously made some big differences to the team, and they got a solid win.
0: When you say gets them back into the hunt for the eighth, pops them back into eighth. Um, fortunately for them, so
2: it's a they're, tw- they're in a 12-team win competition. Yeah, 12-team. How the Panthers have really fallen? Wow, I just they looked at have, that, yeah. yeah. They were, they were up the top of the ladder leaders early on. early on, and then uh, I know the Roosters were impressive from the get-go too, uh, but jeez, not used to seeing the Panthers so far, down. They're usually runaway leaders in this grade. Crazy. Mm.
0: Um, must be shifting times up in the flag. Um, uh, yeah. All right, well, let's jump into reserve grade, which we'll see um, the Eels prevailing 16-14 over the Bunnies, so three tries to two. Jordan Rankin, he's been poor off the boot recently, um, one from three and one um, penalty goal. And the try scorers sorry, were Sean Russell, Ellie Elzekeham, and Hayes Perham, And coming over the top at the end there um, from being down um, early on, uh, Bet Salamone Naiduki, unfortunately, yeah, being binned in the 10th minute. Yeah, not a great tackle.
2: Ended up, in, uh, ended up uh, ending Liam Knight's season, I believe, with an ACL. So that's a really bad look. And... Uh, We're speaking just before recording, Hamish. That this is something the NRL really need to be like a lot more aggressive on cracking down against. But the three-week suspension, like you said, is in, in very much in line with what they've done with other players, and I don't think it's it's enough. So we obviously the Eels fortunate in that regard, but not a good incident.
0: Yeah, they seem to be loving on the hip drop this year to to bring the the, the hammer down on, and cannonballs seem to at least when they haven't caused injury. You seem to get away with it this season so far. Um, so I guess it's not out of line with what's happening. But if anybody saw the the footage, it wasn't great. He just launched himself. Um, wow. And uh, I know he sort of launched himself before Liam took the, took the next step. But when you go into a tackle like that...
2: You've got a you, duty you, of care.
0: You, yeah, you've just got no control over what you're doing with your body and you've got to have that control or otherwise it turns out as messy as it did here.
2: Yes, sir. Uh, this was a game on the positive side that the forwards really dictated the pace I think Wiramu Greg was reported to me he was best on field. He went for 19 carries, 183 meters, in arguably his best performance of the year in that grade. Made a whole stack of tackles, 235, one missed, two ineffective. So he was very good on both sides of the ball. But Ogden, Elsgeham, uh Brownie, uh anyone else there? No, th- those three players also deep into the triple figures. Uh, I think all of them went for over 150. Yep, all of them went for over 150 there. So forwards very much set the platform here. And the Rabideaux, this was, you know, the inverse of the flag game. The Rabbitohs are actually quite a good team in Cup this year. And we'll, 60s and our podcast over on TCT, we're looking at the the team sheet they had and it was very impressive. Uh, so the fact that the Eels prevailed is a very much a, a positive because you look at that team, Gagai's got NRO experience, Richie kenna has got NRO experience, Mansoor's got representative experience, Blake Taff, uh, you got Shaquille Mitchell, Michael Cheekham, Ben Lovett, Liam Knight, uh, all those players, James Hasson, that's a blast in the past. There's a whole stack of our quality players across backline and forward pack there, and the Eels did what they had to do, which is good to see.
0: All right, well, let's jump into first grade. Eels going down 30-12 to 12 to the South Sydney Rabbitohs, which I think takes Bunnies to seven from their last eight against us. Um, Try scorer for the Eels, yeah. Gutho with a brace, Mitch Moses, two conversions. But um, South Sydney on top this whole game, really?
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, there was a phase... 30 seconds before half time, where it looked like the Eels had battled some way somehow to be down just one score, and then we decided to bizarrely risk it all with uh, 35 seconds left on the clock, and Alex Johnston pretty much broke our backs like Bane and Batman right there. That one really took the wind of our sails. And yeah, but outside of that, South City were by far the dominant team on the day, and it was very it's one of those losses where it definitely didn't stink as much as some of the other ones where against obviously Canterbury in particular but West Tigers even Cronoa where there was so much self-sabotaging of a potential win in this game just South Sydney were fired up obviously the return of Latron Mitchell even if he didn't have a huge game he had that one nice run where he absolutely embarrassed Reid money for the speed bumping but uh, it was more his presence that felt like stabilized South Sydney a lot their forward pack really aimed up Tom Burgess was very good uh, and then out wide their backs just had a you know did what they had to do when it came to stripping us for numbers and that's something they're very good at
0: Yeah, and something they're very proficient <laughs> at against us um, I, I don't know where that edge defence comes but it obviously doesn't work against Rabbitohs but I have to say we did adjust really well on our right edge defence I thought for the majority of the game um, My my view is that the, the forward battle was somewhat even game.
2: Yeah, June's had a huge game he went for 180-190 metres Reg was really solid too uh, we missed Ryan Madison, obviously. That was, the, it felt like if you just had that third forward that could punch it through the guts, maybe we'd be getting out 40, 50 metres, oh, sorry, the 40, 50 metre mark, not 40, 50 metres, and then giving Mitchell Moses a better chance to contest the field position. But yeah, the we had a couple of guys really roll their sleeves up. Sean Lane was very good. He continues to be outstanding, actually, across the course of this season in what isn't a contract year for him. So that's very encouraging. But I thought our spine were very tepid this game. One, six, seven, and nine across the board. Uh, Reid started the game well, but then really fell off the pace of that uh, shanked forty twenty that was essentially intercepted by Alex Johnston. And then I already mentioned the LaTron Mitchell uh, sort of run that he got steamrolled on. But yeah, Moses and Dill were both subpar. Uh, Guffo had a couple of tries, but I just, yeah, I don't think any of the spine. Had, in a game where we needed at least one of them to step up and, and really take control of it you know Guffo's short kicking game probably cost us a bit with two 20 metre restarts and that one kick that went about one and a half metres
0: yeah I think that's right it was just really from the spine they just didn't step up to um, I guess where we needed to go but also I thought South Sydney their kicking game um, Excellent. you know it was just it was press repeat every single one was you know within five metres of our goal line and we were just rucking it out um, on that when we wanted to bring up some negatives I thought really out Simonson had a crack but I thought the other edge I thought you know Wanga Blake and and Sivo really let us down in trying to make that yardage out they weren't coming in searching for the ball as often as they should have been yeah
2: Flanagan actually had a crack at him in commentary saying that the, the Parramatta forwards haven't do too much work when it came to rucking out early in the sets and I don't think that's too far off the pace uh, yeah it's just one of those ones you need and the thing is that we, we both know they're very good at it it's just they need maybe someone screaming at and get in there and take the ball uh, but yeah, that, that certainly hurt us. I was trying to think, uh, the one, uh, one silver lining I felt that came out of this game is that there was, even if our attitude wasn't there to compete fiercely as we needed them to, there was a game theory adaptation that we hadn't seen in a long time. This is something I've been critical of the team in is that we, we never really took short dropouts, look for one-on-one strips. And this was a game where we actually applied both theories. We didn't actually get a successful one-on-one strip, but there was a number of times where we went for it, which I'm happy for. But we actually did some good short dropouts.
0: And I guess with the one-on-one strip, um, it sort of gives you a bit of leeway in the ruck because you can pretend to be trying to rip it out for a long time. And <laughs> Yeah, really yeah the exactly.
2: The referees in. really let you have a go at it usually and then it lets you reset your defensive line.
1: We haven't heard from you yet. Yeah, stop making us. Talk. Uh, just trying to bite my tongue. Just how frustrated I am with Reid Marnie. I thought the difference was uh, it was in the two hookers. You look at what Damon Cook was doing; is every pass was flat. He got the he got their forwards over the advantage line, so they were making plenty of meters. And then you look at us; we're passing it to our halfback, and then you know by the time our forwards got it, you know we're, we're struggling to get to the advantage line. Like if you go back and look at that game, now I'm not saying you threw forward passes, but every pass was flat or one meter. And, like, that's how they were just getting plenty of meters and winning the yardage. The you've got to not so much throw the ball around. You've got to get to the advantage line real quick. And it's just – look, Reid marty has been horrendous this year. He's gone backwards. And, like, you can say, like, um, in attack, he overplays his hand. That's all right. You can overplay your hand, you know. You just take a step back. But defensively, like, where's the, where's the contact? He used to be a little nuggety fella who used to stop, you know, stop um, – his defense was good, you know, with one of his strengths, you know. And I'm not saying, like, the Latrell tackle – was the the worst thing, but he's just defense is not there at the moment, non-existent. And, and since you're a hooker, supposed to lead the line, like that just you know it's like a what are they call Uh trip trip down effect, whatever it's called, you know, like he just I'm just frustrated because you guys said that the forwards were weren't the difference, the spine, yeah, but Mitch Moses, you know, he was kicking from his thirty-yard, like we're doing that against Penrith, and you know, we end up getting the win. It's just Reed is not putting in, and he is the weakest, the weak link in our spine and in our team, and. You know, we're going to talk about the team list uh, for this week's competition, but I just feel as though there's a guy in his position who feels safe and he feels like he's not going to get dropped because he does a lot of stupid shit, especially going down the sideline and even a kick on early where Johnson takes it, catches a 20, 20 yards or 20 meters away. Like, he's doing a lot of questionable things, and I don't know. And it makes me think, thank God he turned us down because if I'm the Bulldogs, I'm thinking, what have we got ourselves in? Like, Rooster's fans are complaining about Brendan Smith signing, but. Bulldogs fans, look what look what you've got! This year hasn't shown a sign. He was on the he was on the cusp of origin last year. You know, we we're banging the door down now. He wouldn't even make the bloody country or you know country city team. Like he's just, oh, he just pisses me off. It's just frustrating. Yeah, that's my two cents. One thing you um you
0: touched on there, Boo, was the uh, Reid money's lack of line speed. But I thought uh, across the defensive line there was a real. Lack of line speed getting up in um spaces, faces and and a recurring theme this year is just no kick pressure. Um, which obviously contributed to South having that fantastic keeping kick kicking game. It's it's something that really needs to be addressed.
1: Not unfair at all. <laughs> and like, like like we all year we, the changes we've made have been because of injuries, right? Brad Arthur has made one change this year because of poor form and that's Nathan Brown. You can't tell me and I'm not saying drop everyone. All I'm saying is There's some players in this team who think they're untouchables and they're, like, a walk-up start. Like, And this is, like, even to Sivo, to a degree. Okay, he's coming back from a knee injury, but he just walks up with his runs, you know? Like, it just... There's no... Like, Bailey Simonson probably weighs, you know, 10, 15 kilos less and runs harder. Like, I just want to see some blokes have a go, you know? And don't just feel as though I'm getting paid. I'm not the number one person in this position. The coach won't drop me because I'll cause outrage because I feel as though... A lot of players need to be put on notice just because, you know, even if it's, if you're not going to be here next year, you've got to put in because it's costing us, essentially, you know. And for us, the fans, are in that crap, you know.
0: Yeah, so the inconsistency uh, continues, the week-to-week inconsistency. So can we um, write us down for a big 30-point win this weekend?
2: Well, you, like you mentioned to me before we recorded, mate, off the back of a bad loss, we tend to come out pretty good. So maybe we can snap the funk against the West Tigers, but then the week after, who knows?
0: All right, well, we might leave the wrap-up there and then jump into the... Oh, there wasn't too much news other than Junior's going to be picked for... Well, sorry, has been picked for New South Wales, rather. Um, Regan Campbell-Gillard once again looked over. Um, strange, strange selection from Predys.
2: Yeah, uh, it's frustrating for Reg. Uh, he's been so good for so long as an eel, you know, really kicking down the door for representative selection. He gets one chance in a game where so many core players of the Blues were dog shit and... You know, they really <laughs> turned uh, the two Paraboys into scapegoats for that loss. And all of a sudden, it seems like he's been stamped never to be picked again.
1: If I'm Reg, I'm saying, you know what, I'm done with Origin. Because the disrespect, like, people, like, like even have him on the bench. Like, but you, you're going to bring in a Jordan McLean? Like, he, what has he done? Like, people are praising, okay, he's been okay this year. But Reg, did you see the game against the Roosters? He killed it. You know, if I was him, and I'm, I think before he played Origin, he actually represented uh, Fiji. I think he's got a Fiji background. If I was him... Go play for Fiji go be go play somewhere where you're gonna be appreciated but the well, he
0: will deck, in the he will in the World Cup later in the year I assume
1: but like you, you can tell like this, this just looks like his, his cards are marked because the like the, the excuse to bring in John McLean because he's on the bench this guy was starting for you or he was on the bench in game one like what well, doesn't that mean anything you're telling me if you're 18th man you're, you're gonna get a chance it's just I don't know just just don't, just don't lie. Don't diddle that, or just tell us the truth. Just say he wasn't good enough and, you know, he's not good enough for it. We'll, we'll, we'll cop that. If they told us he's not good enough, he's not playing good football, we'll be like, okay, at least it's, you no know, excuse. Not a BS excuse, but I don't know. All right, well, let's jump on to the preview.
0: So, um, as we touched on in the reviews, Harvey Norman, New South Wales Women's Premiership, we're into the semi-final stage, which uh, Wentworthville won't be taking place in, but that'll be Mounties and Sharks on Saturday Oh, they're both at the same time. And Bears and West Tigers. <clears throat> That's a bit strange that they're playing at the same time. It or maybe is. they're going to update that.
2: Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be the first time the New South Wales Rugby League draw would uh, be updated prior to the weekend. But yes, the fact they're running at the same time. Yeah, 10 o'clock AM. Very odd. And All they're right, both... Then, out of, yeah, they must, they must be changed because they're both advertised on New South Wales Rugby League TV as uh, watchable. So...
0: Yeah. Well, if anybody wants to watch the New South Wales Premiership, have a look back later on in the week, and you might be able to see there's some changes. Um, all right, well, let's jump into the flag. So it'll be three grades uh, played out at Leichhardt Oval, throwback to years gone past, but kicking it all off on Saturday, 9th of July, 9th of July rather, at three thirty PM. Uh, will be at Wests taking on the Eels. And there's two players out here, uh, Tony Mattelli and Samuel Luizu, um, both who scored tries last week. So what's going on here, um, Forty?
2: Uh, so Samuel's been a part of this team uh, for a long stretch this year. They recently got a whole stack of outside backs uh, back into the fold. Uh, with obviously Tom Alperchick also being out, sort of surplus to first grade requirements until recently, where he's now been the emergency guy, emergency outside back on the first grade bench. So Luiz has sort of just dropped back to flag for a single game, obviously had a good game and then is immediately back up there with the uh, Solomon Naiduki suspension. Uh, but Tony Matteelli is a guy that I was hoping would be playing cup from like the first sort of month of the season, but he picked up a serious injury late in the preseason, which kept him out until recently he came back played well got hurt and then is now back again one game in the flag and he's back up into the cup so good to see Mattielli is actually a Parramatta junior that went to Newcastle for a season and came back so he he obviously preferred life at Parramatta and he's a big unit capable of playing middle and edge but I think for in terms of our sort of long-term prospects be better if he could project to an edge forward in the NRL and I'm really keen to see how he performs at Leicardt.
0: Right. Well, as we said, that'll kick off at three thirty. Anybody else to to keep an eye on there? Out of the um, that uh, first grade lineup,
2: we're for for the Eels. We're McGregor. Obviously, he can back up that big game against the Bunnies. Be fantastic, I suppose. Oh, sorry,
0: I was just talking for for Flake at the moment.
2: Oh, sorry for Flag. Sorry. Yeah, yep. <laughs> um, for Flag, uh, I mean that that backline's close to full strength now. It's good to see. Dantori Louis didn't play last week. I think he got a niggle at training, so that meant that he didn't play. Corey Fennig came back in his place. But Fenning, miller Stephen, Blackburn, louis I'd argue that with Luizu up into – I mean, he's been more part of the cup team anyway, but with him up in the cup team, that's close to their full strength. Uh, Outside back contingent, Charlie Geimer might be the only other one that would be a guy who could force his way into the mix. Josh Tupolato as well. So they're the the two, but even then it would be a case of who's in the best form. Uh, Outside of that, uh, Ford Pack, it's solid. Uh, No Pete Tateo is a big loss. I'm not sure what's going on there. It must be an injury or a suspension. Uh, but then on the bench, Larry Magatutia, good young forward prospect. We saw him in the New South Wales 19s. He had a very good game off the bench there too. And Saxon Pryke, who was SG ball captain this year. I think this will be his second run in the flag this year. So he's building up nicely ahead of uh, you know becoming a full-time flag player down the road.
0: All right. Well, let's jump into the reserve grade now. So uh, in this grade, they build themselves as Western Suburbs Magpies um, in 11th, 11th spot, taking on the Eels in 5th. So 5.05, also out at Leichhardt Oval. Just looking at the ins and outs there, um, this seems to be a completely new cast of players for for the Magpies. Um, but a lot of first grade um, talent here.
2: I mean, talent's a stretch. Experience. Yeah, experience might be the better way to go there. Um,
0: yeah, uh, but, uh, yeah. just touching on their team. So uh, I guess for the experience, you've got Oliver Gildard, who's played a long history um, overseas and also had a couple of starts here. James Roberts at centre. Tyrone Peachy at 5'8". Uh, Jock Madden's there. They seem to have him as their next uh, sacrificial number seven. Um, Austin Diaz in the forwards. Alex Seafarth, Jake Simkin. Um, there's a lot of... yeah players who you've seen in the first grade squad for them
2: nice smattering of ex eels there too uh, obviously Austin Diaz spent a couple of years in our development pathways uh, Atasi James Keaton Walkerton Meads was came to us via Canberra this year and played a few games for us and then left so he must some way somehow end up at West Tigers um, but yeah it's an interesting team Kapol was another player for the first grade experience too they got him via the Roosters last year last year year before can't remember and there was a bit of hype about that and he obviously has flamed out a bit but yeah, that uh, backlines the stuff of broken dreams for the West Tigers.
0: Um, all right, well, looking at some of the outs for the Eels, we already touched on the ins: Loizu and Mattelli. Uh, Bryce Cartwright is he? He's not named in.
2: No, he's not named at all. So injury or suspension at play here.
0: Yeah, I assume that's an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately for him, um, and Solomon Nduki, obviously uh, suspension. But um, looking at our lineup, anyway, these are all the same same names that we've seen weekly, um, I By guess. Large, um, yeah. How's Brendan Hands um, coming along at that that interchange role?
2: Yeah, he's, he's been really solid. Uh, I mean, the fact that Mitch Rain plays big minutes means he hasn't had a chance to probably shine as a dummy half as much as we could have hoped, but he's been really good as the Mr Fix-It guy. Um, his positional versatility has been a real blessing for the team, being able to play in the halves, lock forward as well. You know, not by a dominant lock for by any means, but be able to just plug that gap and be a body on the field that makes his tackles and takes a few runs has been a blessing uh, for the Eels in that regard. So he's doing really well. I'd, I'd probably say the preseason has a lot in stock for him in, in terms of how he can improve his uh, position on the depth, cha- uh, depth charts of the Eels.
0: So I reckon he could be a uh, Will Smith sort of utility. That's,
2: that is what I'm hoping he can project to, yeah. And with Josh Hodgson coming on board, perhaps maybe a more savvy tutor for a, an understudy, whereas Reid is obviously a lot younger and still honing his own craft. Uh, maybe Hodgson can be the, the mentor that hand, helps hands make that big jump.
0: And for Birdie, who's had his uh, worries with our present hooker, um, Mitch Rain, he, he's had a couple of stints in first grade this season. Um, most of them, his first carry has been a drop he's, ball. He's um, made,
2: uh, threatened to make a line break and has dropped the ball twice. Uh, poor man. <laughs> poor, poor man. Um,
0: but is he uh, – I guess he'd be pretty consistent of what he's shown um, throughout his career.
2: Yeah, he's, um, he's and done, and he's done some Titans. sold stuff in first grade, for, uh, particularly the Titans. Uh, but, you know, you, there's an argument you could put him on the bench in first grade given that we do have an emergency back as essentially the 17th in the change bio. And that's – I'd be happy for – I'm actually not upset at having Tom check as an, uh, the emergency back in first grade, insofar as we know that uh, BA and the coaches are very uh, conservative with their interchanges. And just having a... If they're not going to use the 17th player, you might as well have a guy that can cover an emergency that the other players cannot help you uh, patch over. So, yeah. I, I wouldn't be upset if it was Mitch Rain or Tom
1: Opachik. I'm not asking for him to play. Just We know Brad Arthur doesn't like using his bench. He thinks, you know, if you save it, I don't know, some weird thing. But just... Just have the thought there, hey Reed, if you know, if you're doing something stupid, I'm gonna hook you for ten minutes, you sit down, you think about what you did, and you know, Mitch Ranking you know, even if Brennan Hans towards the end of the year, like just have someone on the because just put the fear of God into Reed Marty so he can, you know, put his you know get his shit together. That's all I'm saying.
0: Oh, just run him into the ground before next year.
1: But I gotta say before we move on, um Zach Seney center Sam Luizu wing, wouldn't like isn't Luizu like a center slash back rower and Sini's like the winger? Like is that bit weird than two uh talking talk, uh, talk about
2: this uh with me on the podcast after uh, was it the preview podcast I, I, my whole stream of time is one you know not lucid thing right now uh but he uh, the club essentially sees Cini as a special center and i think they're putting a lot of uh focus into honing his craft there and i think they're pretty happy with the progress he's making so I think he is the priority, essentially out of that entire back line, he would be the priority center selection uh, unless there was another NRL player making a return from injury that desperately needed that game time.
0: All right, well, let's jump into first grade. Uh, so, which we'll see for the second time this year after West Tigers won in a field goal kick out. Um, like I'd Oval again, 7.35 p.m. Uh, it won't be Super Saturday because I think there's only the, is it the two it's games? One,
2: that- uh, is it, it's uh, one, it's one, 2-1, is it? It's Friday, Saturday. Oh, let me just open up an arrow.com. I'll tell you. Oh, no. Yeah.
0: Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And Saturday. Oh, its one one one. There
2: we go. So we do have okay. Shark Storm tomorrow, Knights Rabbitohs Friday, then obviously the main event, Parameter versus West Tigers, and Broncos versus Dragons on Sunday.
0: Let's run through these team lists. So starting for Wests, uh, Dane Laurie at fullback, David Nofaluma and Ken Marmalo on the wings, Adam Duahi and Ken Marmalo, uh sorry, Adam Duahi and Stafford Toa in the centres – the half sparing is Brooks and Hastings. So Brooks not dropped after all of that um, <laughs> media um, in the. Yeah, wild. Uh, James Tamo and Zane Musgrove uh, starting props. Farmanu Brown uh, starts at hooker. And the second row is Luke Garner, Kalemi Talagi, uh, Joe Offerhead goway at lock. And then the interchange Stefano Atui Kamanu, Justin Matamua. I think that's right. Jacob Little and Fanua uh, with their extended bench. Austin Diaz, Alex Saifarth, Junior Tupu, Asa Kapoa, and Jock Madden. Then for the Eels, we have fullback and captain, and playing his hundredth and fiftieth game for the Eels, Clint Gutherson on the win-win. May and Bailey Simonson in the centres. Wunga, Blake, Will Penasini, Dil Brown, Mitch Moses in the halves, RCG and Moral Neokore starting a prop with Junior standing down for origin duties. Uh, Reed Money at hooker. Second row, Sean Lane, Isaiah Papali and Ryan Madison returns at lock. Uh McAhesy, Makatoa, Tom Opatcich, Oregon, Kafusi, Kai Rodwell on the bench. Nathan Brown, Jake Arthur, Sean Russell, Wernick, Greg, and Hayes, Perham in the extended bench. So just looking at our team, less Moradiqore starting at prop. Is that? Do you reckon Oregon might start? Or
2: I, uh, I'm not a fan of Moradi starting. In so far as team balance, I think Maka or Ogi getting in there. Probably Maka, Maka. Yeah, I think maybe Maka. Because Oggy had a really nice stint off the bench against South Sydney. I feel like if you can get a little bit more out of him in that regard, having him and Morata come on can really give you some uh, serious uh, impetus in that uh, first or second rotation. But, yeah, uh, I, I wonder if there's a question mark over Matter still, given how tricky rib, <coughs> sorry, rib and rib cartilage you can be, because that would throw another big spanner into the works insofar as forward pack composition.
0: And then Rocket um, <coughs> Kai Rodwell, he's starting to get a couple more minutes on the bench. Um obviously a positive for his development moving on. He's he's still rather rather young.
2: Yeah, Kai's, I think, 23. So right in that sweet spot for where the Eels love to have their developmental forwards uh, starting to realise their potential. Uh, I fought against South Sydney, came on, had a couple of nice carries. And I think it's a case that, I mean, if we look between that and then the week before uh, where he got, what, 60 seconds, there's obviously a, a good positive upwards trend in terms of usage there. And I think that'll probably... Uh, go up a little bit more, maybe stabilize around that sort of 15-minute, uh, maybe to 20-minute sort of window.
0: Um, not watching much of West this season. Um, that's probably their their best back line they've wheeled
2: out this year, isn't it? Oh, I'd say so, yeah. I, I think so. so and <laughs> the,
0: um, yeah, I haven't really seen too much of their forward pack in action. Like Talagi, I haven't seen too much of and Matamua and Fenua Pole. Um, but obviously, they're they're a bit down on their hooking stocks if they're yeah, going to far farm Farmanu Brown.
2: Brown. Yeah. So, yeah, watch him have a career game against us, by the way. We do love a dummy half running right against a, a, a like no-name dummy half. Uh, Danny Levite, uh having big games against us. But, yeah, definitely their best back line because um, Adam he is a huge inclusion there. But, yeah, the forward packs look, look a bit light. Uh, Kelma Tualangi goes okay. I know Manly picked him up uh, last. Was it, early this year, last year. Uh, it was amidst that whole... They signed ice, but lost to Then Luciano went to the tie, to the Cowboys before he actually went there physically. So yeah, their, their pack is obviously okay. Stefano off the bench definitely highlights uh, that entire forward pack rotation, I think. I think, in fact, he's probably the only player I'm actually remotely concerned about in a issue in the Eagles turn up sort of deal. Um, he's by far their best forward. But that back line could do a little bit of damage, especially if, like we saw against uh, us on Easter Monday, they're willing to throw caution to the wind and, and sort of do some of those either early kicks or big shifts in second-phase football that really troubled us in that 21-20 loss.
1: Bertie, what do you see? Uh, um, Yeah, Adam Blahi, Um, I feel as he's a danger man. Like, he's he's a running for half, so expect him to sort of like dummy to his winger and or uh, Look, the difference was last time we played, besides the field goal, they had two, like, legit wingers who are great finishers. They scored three tries between them. And we had... Yeah, uh, young Will on the on the wing, and they targeted him very well. So <clears throat> that was a difference, in my opinion. Um, but other than that, uh, I feel as though we should we should we should still beat them, and um, our four pack should take care of it. Like it's just if you run out Reed money, we're going to lose. <laughs> I'm just going to keep hammering the point. Reed has to be he's he's the weak link in our in our chain of defense. So you know, just the thought of uh, Stefano running at him, you know, sort of you know gives me the heebie jeebies. So other than that, um. It's gonna be weird because, like, you know, look, Brooks supposed to be dropped. You know, still playing. Like, who's who's the chief playmaker? Like, uh, you got three halves out there, you know, and they all all three of them seem to have you know want to give me the ball, give me the ball. So it'll be interesting. Um, what else are Dan Laurie's? No, nah, he hasn't scared us. No, but other than that, um, that's it. The only thing that worried me was the wingers because they, could, they they could finish, you know, and they could score plenty. But other than that, we got Sivo back. You know, uh, we should beat them so honestly. If the if the boys, you know, if, if Take the bounce back factor out. They have to beat this, and if they don't, I'm going to say this right now: if we don't beat them, season over. Don't bother playing. Don't bother playing semifinals because if you can't beat this team with this squad, why bother?
0: Um. So I think forty. You calculated it up beforehand. Was it the first game they were coming? To, have they had lost four in a row? Or was it five in a row? Five
2: in a row against us, and now they've lost four in a row. So okay, maybe so that'll be the not, difference, and we can have a one point win this week.
0: Not not as bad, Juju. No. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, there, there is every bit as much drama surrounding them, even without Michael Maguire there, uh, given that he was uh, walked away, quit, sacked, whatever it was, given that they've had the – you mentioned it, but the halfback issue where they're dropping him but they're not dropping him, that played out in the media to their delight. And then Brett Kamui and his uh, co- tenure as the interim coach has sort of, like, come to the fore now. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm sure there's bulletin board material there for both teams. But, geez, you, you just hope that the – Unfortunately, even if we absolutely fump them, you know, to the tune of forty or fifty plus, absolutely hammer them amidst all this wet weather football, uh, it still wouldn't go anywhere towards making our fans feel much better. And I can understand why, because it's literally just like you said, the fiddler's elbow or, or the yo-yoing it is literally bad loss, good win, bad loss, good win again. And we just need to start a streak of comprehensive victories of of consolidation this week. So go out there and win, but do it in a manner that we're actually going to build upon for once
0: completely agree with you there, Forty. And, and talking about the wet weather, uh, obviously meant to rain uh, for the majority of this week. And it, it's forecast of rain on Saturday night as well. So it's going to be another slippery game, um, something we're just going to have to, to thrive in. And, you know, we could do worse things than take South's blueprint from last weekend, uh, kick into the corner, make West uh, carry it out of their end and, and hopefully get some errors. But uh, you're exactly right. And if you look at the ladder, you know, Sharks are one win ahead of us now. Um, and our for and against isn't great because it's copped a couple of hammerings. Yep. Um, so uh, that, if if we really want to start having a crack towards the back third of this season, uh, it starts this week, and then Warriors the week after, and then Broncos the week after, and looking at the Broncos, they're on the same points. Uh, we, we'd want to get the two wins over them to, to ensure our spot in the top four. Um, but as you've touched on that week-to-week consistency, um, you know, come out here, improve your for and against, and, but I guess the first point is just get the freaking win. Yeah,
2: I'll, I'll take a one-point win as long as it means that they're actually going to build on it. And then you got, yeah,
0: as I said, Warriors and then Broncos the week after. So, you know, there's three three games that are definitely within the scheme. They should be winning or getting pretty close to winning.
1: When's the last time we played at Leica? by the way? I don't remember. 2013. We lost uh,
2: 31 to 18, I want to say. I know. You sure
0: it wasn't that 31 to 30 game where. <laughs> you remember that one? Yeah, where we scored. And Benji, um, Benji, 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 had, it Took a random shot, field goal shot at half time, half-time,
2: yeah. and ended up being the difference. Now, I think that one was at Paramount Stadium.
0: Oh, uh, was it? Okay. But,
2: uh, 20, this I was looking through because I was chatting with 60s and Sparrow about it. And I think we lost 31 18, and the team that was there, Ready Mature, was captain. Uh, there was Ryan Morgan, uh, Loco. God, it was uh, Ben Roberts was number fourteen, but playing in the halves. Chris Sandell, obviously, it, it, it was an interesting time. Maybe some might call it a dark time.
0: Just say twenty thirteen. That's yeah, what you need to say.
1: That's
2: what you need to say <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, all right, well let's go. But your first try eventual uh, first try scorer, eventual score.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go first try scorer. I'm going to go Morada straight up the middle. The hey diddle diddle, and um, yeah, I think we're going to. I'm going to say sixteen ten score line. Um, <sighs> It's just this wet weather, like we don't know how Leichhardt, you know the the piss town, or whatever you know, call it the piss pot. I don't know how great the ground is. Um, I know Union play a lot of games there, so it gets ch- chopped up quite a bit. Um, look, just win, lads. I don't care. Win ugly, win. just get the win, and yeah, just that's what I'm gonna say. Just get the win. That's all I want, really. Forty.
2: I think we need to put extra emphasis on first try score of this week as a team. Sixties um, was saying to me when we were doing the preview for last week's game that it was either 11 or 12 or 15 games. Well, like once you factor factored in the South Sydney actual loss, it would have been 12 or 15, I think. Uh, games this year, opponents have scored, not necessarily the first try, but first points against us. And for a team that is renowned as a good front-runner team, the Eels, it feels like we're giving ourselves a huge handicap starting one or two tries behind in a lot of these fixtures. So I want to see the actual first try of the game, not just the first Parramatta try, but going towards the, the Eels, in an absolute sense, and for that to happen, I'll tip. I've been tipping forwards lately. It just has not been working out. They've come close. Sean Lane was the first try sister again, uh, but he, he wasn't the first try scorer, which was my tip last week. Uh, I'll go for Wanga Blake to score the first try. And margin of victory, it's a bit like whatever it is, please just win. But I would like to see a double-digit victory. So maybe uh, Parramatta Eels 24, Tigers 10.
0: All right. I'll go Sivo first try scorer. Eagles 36-12 to 12 win. We need to
2: Please. start cracking
0: on that for yeah. again. Back the boys in. Don't make me regret it. <laughs> uh, but they were very poor against Warriors last week. And I know it was the Warriors' homecoming. But, you know, even since they've uh, changed their interim coach, there's a couple of players there that are uh, not putting in. Um, and, yeah, just on that, that uh, just looking just on the ladder there. So Wests have only scored 198 points. So that's the fewest in the competition, followed by Newcastle and then Bulldogs. Um, and they haven't let in the most points, but I think they're
2: in the top three.
1: Interesting. Um, um Next six, sorry, six of the next eight, um, I believe are at home. So we've got a
2: you know. Yeah, we have an absolutely clustered run at home. So there's no reason for us to not sort of dig our heels in and really, you know, fortify Combank Stadium.
1: We've done only away trips are really to Manly, which are oh, not good. And Bronco's. But we have a good record against Broncos. But um, look, I, look, I'm not saying season over now. I, I, I feel as though these next, you know, this this last stretch of the season where we got a lot of home games, you can build a lot of, you can build momentum real easily. Just like you can lose a bar I feel as over this amount of home games because we've been on the road for all year. We're not, we're not worries level. But you look at the Cowboys who haven't left Queensland. They've only left like twice or three times. They've lost every time. We haven't had a lot of games at home. You know, we are one of those teams where we rely on our home, you know, fan base, even if we're not getting, even if we're not selling it out. But, um, this is the best time to, um, build our momentum heading into the next eight weeks. So,
0: yeah. All right. We'll wrap up the discussion there. Um, three grades, uh, reserve grade, flag and first grade all being played out on, um, Saturday at Leichhardt. So I think it's sold out. So if you wanted to go, it's a bit too late now, unless you've already got your ticket. But, um, If you can't get out there, you can watch it on all, uh, just on KO actually, I think. Will this be streamed on Channel 9? I probably should have checked that, shouldn't I?
2: It's not advertised on the EELS page, it's been on any services at the moment. Um... Uh,
0: Here on the page, no sorry, that's the week after. might go to that, that'll be the first time I'm going to actually get out to it next weekend. Uh, Just KO and Foxtel, so no Channel 9. There you go. All right, we'll uh, up the blue and gold, and hopefully, we can be reviewing a win next week and then follow on with a, a win to the Blues to close out the series and then another win against the Warriors. Yes, sir. All right, cheers. We'll catch you in the
1: next one. Say boys.